and welcome to another episode of What the Future podcast, brought to you by Future Leaders Mentoring. This week, we're talking about personality models. I'm joined by Lara, Sarah, and Sonia. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello, hello. Um, so, just getting into things then, um, Lara, just starting with you, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your background, where you grew up, and, and who or what inspires you? Yeah, hi, um, I'm Lara Harkins. So um, as you can tell by my lovely accent, I'm from the Midlands. I can't hide that. So uh, and that's where I grew up and haven't strayed far from. Um, I've spent far too many years to count now in uh, utilities, mainly in operations and, and change roles. Um, and, and I guess I'm just inspired by learning. I, I really admire people who keep on learning. And, I, and I'm a firm believer that you you never get too old to, to learn something new. Great. Thanks, Lara. And what about you, Sarah? Uh, slightly less, obviously, in terms of my accent, but I grew up in the northeast. Um, I've lived all over the, the UK now. Um, I spent 25 years in senior roles in technology and customer operations across a range of industries um, before setting up my own business at the beginning of last year, just before we went into lockdown. And I'm inspired by... Well, lots of people for lots of reasons, but particularly anyone who is unapologetically authentic, who doesn't change or shape themselves um, to to fit in or to please those around them particularly. Lovely. That's a good good way of putting it there. Um, Sonia, how about you? Yeah, hi there, everyone. So my name's Sonia Homewood. I'm an executive coach um, and a consultant, board advisor, whatever I can turn my hand to on a daily basis. Um, I've worked in the corporate world for over 30 years. Most recently, I was a chief operating officer at a large uh, UK insurance company. So I grew up in the East End of London, um, in the 70s, it's quite an interesting time to be around there. And I think when I think about what inspires me, so I get inspired by those light bulb moments that, that people have when they have executive coaching or when they, when they have any sort of uh, personality profiling done, those, those light bulb moments that say, oh, God, yeah, I know that about myself. So I get really excited for people as they start to, to, to embark on their development journey. Cool. Okay. Um, and obviously our listeners won't be able to see this, but there's lots of smiling and lots of nodding of heads going on here as you're all, you're all talking. So it's so great to see um, um, some sort of shared thoughts and, and visions there. Um, just to get us straight into sort of um, personality profiles then. So sticking with you, Sonia, how would you describe personality profiles? Just so somebody coming at it brand new. Yeah, so I think that the easiest way to explain it is that it gives you insight into, into your own behaviours, your, your traits, your blind spots, your strengths, your weaknesses. Um, and, and also, I think, um, what I love about the particular, I, I use um, Insights Discovery the, mo the most, and I think you, it helps you learn about other people and their type um, of personality and their and their behaviours, and that means that you're able to work together better, uh, collaborate better, manage conflict and things like that, and build better, stronger teams. Yeah. Great. Um, and Sarah, anything you would you would add to that? Again, I can see you nodding your head a lot, but anything different you'd say? 
Yeah, I think for me, one of the things that is so powerful around personality profiles is it shines a light. So it's only use the, the phrase blind spot. And it's that aspect of ourselves that we aren't always fully aware of, but other people can see in us and the elements in somebody else that we can see, but they're not necessarily so aware of themselves. So it gives a shared language and a shared understanding that can really help build empathy within the team and help people understand themselves and each other and how they interact better. Cool. And, and Lara, anything you kind of bring together and summarise that hasn't been said? I'd almost say the counter to, to that as well is true. It's from a personal point of view um, that you maybe know something about yourself or you recognise it about yourself. And, and giving the um, when you when you see yourself in that full personality profile, you actually see things that you think, oh, okay, I get that. I get why I'm like that now. I get why I behave in that particular way. I get why I'm a certain way under pressure. Um, so, so for me, from a personal point of view, that's been a really useful thing, as well as uh, absolutely, as, as everybody said, looking at blind spots and, and seeing the things that you don't see. It's, it's understanding the things that you do know about yourself. Yeah. And just to, just to um, nudge you a little bit more on that, Laura, um, when was the first time you used a personality model and how did you, do you remember how you felt about it? I think it was I think it was Myers Briggs um, many years ago done as a bit of a team building exercise and I think I'm sure we'll talk about it later. I definitely think how it's deployed is is a key. Um, it was it was quite painful if I'm honest and there were lots of people in the team who didn't really want to uh, didn't really want to to participate um, and I think perhaps because it uses uh, uh, letters and labels everybody has their four letters um, is it can be used a little bit as a labeling activity but I do remember very distinctly there was an exercise where they made us all stand in a row with our letters and I stood next to somebody that I didn't really like in the team and I was quite horrified that I was actually quite like him and had the same profile which is probably why we, we, we had sort of moments where we didn't get on so that's that's always stuck in my mind as a kind of what how not to do it as well. <laughs> okay, that's a really good segue. Yeah. So, Sarah, how 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 would you like deploy it? How would you sort of put put these into practice then? So, I think the absolute key is that everybody needs to understand why it's being done and for what purpose. So, to Lara's point, you know, if if it's being done to people and they're not really bought into it. It, it's probably a waste of money at best and can end up being really counterproductive. So for me, it's the clarity on strategy, first and foremost, to talk to the team about what and why. It's not about a labelling exercise. It's not about using it as an excuse for behaviours, but it's about building that understanding of the strengths of the team and the blind spots or the weaknesses across the team as well. Um, and then debriefing both individually and as a team. I think is really important so that everybody understands the, the team dynamic as well. Um, yeah, but I think the, the absolute key point, point to it is is communication and, and making sure that everyone's clear on the strategy and the reasoning why. Yeah, great. Um, Sonia, anything where you've seen it being deployed before you pick up on as well? Um, so no, I totally agree. With, I totally agree with Sarah then. I think the most important thing is that people do buy into it and understand the benefits of it for them as as we talked about um but i also think that the the key thing for me is that the individual they get some individual feedback first so um I, I experienced it once where everyone got given their profile 
in front of each other and and people didn't really have enough enough time to understand it and reflect on it and and understand what it meant for them before they were labeling then each other and I think that that's not that's not really helpful so I always make sure that my clients get full one-to-one feedback and and we could talk through the profile I think and then then I think to get together as a team is really beneficial you can really then embed it with with a team but that would be the thing I would say great um and, and Lara obviously you've been part of a number of leadership teams how important do you think it is that the the leadership team sort of really buy into the to the process and and again it's not being done to them either yeah, I think it's really important. Um, and following on from what's been said, I think I think there is a danger that um, it can be used as a label and, and people will then, oh, well, the reason you're like that is because you're green or you're those letters or whatever it might be. And I think one of the really important things for whoever is facilitating is that they, they draw out that the, there are strengths in absolutely every aspect, it doesn't matter which profile you use, there are strengths and weaknesses and fears. Um, but you need to have that rounded team um, because there's quite often a danger in leadership teams that people recruit in kind, don't they? And they bring in people who are very similar and you can end up with a team that's very biased in one particular direction. So I think being able to demonstrate that there's a value in a rounded view, a personality profile is, is a really useful way to do that. But you do have, absolutely have to be brought into it as a team. Yeah. And, can, I just, can I just add to that as well? So the way I always think about it, as um for insights is that you know you have your color preference so we all have our preference and when we talk about Myers Briggs for example we have the the letter or the label which is our preference but we do have a secondary third and fourth preference we have all of those within us and it's how you dial them up and down within your team isn't it so we will have examples so you know um I'm yellow I lead with yellow for example which is always very happy and jolly and talkative but you know when my kid's going to run in front of the road I'm going to, you know, use my red preference to pull them back and go, no, that's really dangerous and tell them off. You know, so there's ways that we use our colours all the time. Um, I, I get carried away with that. But you know what I mean? There's ways we use our preferences in, um, in different circumstances. And I think that's really important, which is why I get very passionate about the group um, team sessions being held once people understand their preferences. Yeah. Sorry, interrupting. No, no, no. no, that's great. <laughs> and is, and is, is that almost... Uh sort of a, a, a red line for deployment for you, Sonia. So if you're engaging with a new company that wants to use Insights, for instance, yeah. and, and but they're not looking to deploy it in the way you're advising, is that, are, are there things that you'll say, well, I'll walk away from this because it's not going to be done properly? Well, I, I've been lucky so far that everyone has, has, um, has enabled me to to do the to do it the way I feel is the best way. But I do, I do talk to them about it because obviously it's quicker if they can if they can just give it to everyone in the room at the same time and probably a bit cheaper. But overall, it's not, it's not as beneficial to the team if they haven't had enough time to reflect on the information that they're seeing, sometimes for the first time about themselves, you know, you know their strengths, their weaknesses, and particularly their blind spots. You know, people need some time to reflect on that and then, you know, and consider the type, the people they work with as well. And so I understand why I clash with that person now or whatever before they get into that situation. So I wouldn't say it is a, it is a red line. If I'm honest, I think I would I would say it's, but I haven't had a problem as as yet because I think me people see the sense of it. Mm. I don't know how the others feel about that, but yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. It's it's something that I would also walk away from if someone is going to use it as a um, as a brute force tool, so to speak. Mm. 
Um, I'm not interested in in helping them with that, but it's not something that I've yet touch wood ever encountered. No, it's not. It shouldn't be used. I don't think necessarily as just a recruitment tool either, Sarah. No. Uh, you know, I think that's an awful way to to use it. And I have heard a couple of people talk about that, but. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, to, to build on a point you made earlier about the balance of the team, I think it can be useful. So there's yeah. a maybe a recognition that we've got no one or we've got weakness as a team in this particular spot. So therefore, someone who has that as a primary preference will be helpful to balance the team. You know, if everyone's red, you're going to head down a, a, a um, tricky road. Um but using it as a recruitment tool per se, that you know you need someone who must be E and must be J, and you know it, you start to get into a very dangerous ground then. And you do because people change as well. So anyone who anyone who's had a personality profiling done over a period of time will, will know that they they do change their their roles, their job roles will mean that they will change their conscious and non-conscious. Um, preferences so you know it, it's very dangerous to say uh, to, to recruit somebody because you need more red preferences when actually they they were just dialing them up because of the situation they were in when they get there they're, they're you know they're earth green and it doesn't work so um it, so it's, it's, it is a really interesting um concept really yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, just thinking laura obviously you, you know you're still in leadership roles but you're 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 trained in in these personality models has it has it has it changed the way in which you you lead, or do you do you still sort of adapt as as, as you as you move from one leadership role to another? I, I definitely um, think about it more. I think I think about um, because actually, I was, I was thinking as a, as people were talking just now. One of, when I've seen it used really well, it doesn't really matter which model it is, is where you so you you get the deep understanding of yourself as an individual and, and then in the team, but then there's some practical application that says, okay, now I know you're green and I'm red or you're these letters and I'm that how how do I actually interact better? Um, and we all, well, I say we all, I'm not a fan of role play, but actually sometimes that that practical, okay, how would I deal differently in that scenario is really useful. So I, I have found that's quite useful when, especially when meeting newer people in the team and they're joining the team, sort of working out how best to communicate with them, what they respond to better. Um, that, that That's really, really useful. Even without doing the personality profile, I think you, you mm. can get to a point where you can kind of suss out by the words that people use and the way that they put themselves across how, how they are but then also a lot a lot of it for me comes back about myself I recognize my own personality and I can see the pluses of it there are some um but also the negative things and how that can be in a team and, and so to try and dial that down sometimes depending on the person that you're dealing with yeah cool that's that's really helpful um so we talked very much about mostly the positive sides of personality models and maybe how they can be applied incorrectly sometimes but um it, clearly, it's not all plain sailing, and, and there's lots of businesses out there that are not seeing the, the value of, of, of these. Um, Sarah, just thinking about what, where you've come across uh, objections to using um, the, the, the personality models, either on a you know one-to-one -one basis where people are just cold to it, or to clients that you're speaking with that you think it'll really help them, but they're just not getting it. What sort of objections do you come across? Primarily, there are two, uh, two schools of thought against you, the use of personality profiles. One is where 
probably they've been through it in the past and it's been used as a as a labeling and as an excuse for poor behavior by other people within the business oh well i'm that way because i'm an entj and therefore that's just how i am um and when people have encountered that it it really does put them off then um embracing it as a as a development tool and a, a tool for for empathy and people have their preferences, pardon the dreadful pun, for the type <laughs> of um, profiling tools as well. So quite often leaders will, you know, they've used Belbin in the past and they love Belbin, but it's it, it only gives a, a small a small piece of insight in terms of how the team is built up. Um, so there's often a reticence to use other tools and to recognize that they can all bring something different mm. and a different type of um, lens to apply to the team and to the individuals within the team. And then the third um, piece of feedback that I get, particularly around Myers-Briggs, is the perception that it's not psychologically robust that it was, you know, made up by a couple of women in in their kitchen talking about Jungian archetypes, um, and that it isn't um, based in solid um, psychology. And I think all of them have got their strengths and their weaknesses, but all of them, if they're used in the right way, can be a very useful and insightful tool to look at the different elements within the team. None of them are perfect, and they all have their... Um, their flaws as well. I think they're the, the key objections that I hear about. Yeah, cool. Some 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 really strong ones there as well, Sarah. Just thinking, Sonia, how are, are there any others that you've come across or how do you how do you deal with that sort of thing when it when it comes to you? So so I totally agree with the with Sarah there. I think I've heard some of those before. Well, the, the way I talk about it is it's a bit like um exercise. You know, um, once completed everyone feels really good. They feel really good about themselves. They found out more about themselves. They feel invigorated, you know, proud of their strengths and willing to take on their um, their weaknesses or their blind spots. But it's it's like you know, with exercise, you always feel good after, but but not before. And I think this is a similar thing. Nobody nobody really likes it. So when I use that analogy, quite often a CEO or a leader who's going who's organizing it will laugh and then go oh, go on then you know because i think i think they they resonate it resonates with them so and, and i think it's really important that people see the the benefit of investing in in their teams and their individual leaders and i think we're seeing it more and more in the uk i think in 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 the states i've you know I, i've seen that they they do it a lot more than we do um, and they really and they really live and breathe it. They really listen to it and they take the self-development very, very seriously. But I think we've got a little way to go in the UK. So I think we're a bit behind. Yeah, I agree. Is it, would, it, would it be too simple, Laura, to combine, you know, or to think about personality models as a way of starting um, sort of mental health support within an organisation? So it's almost like a holistic approach. So you've got your mental health first aiders, you've got your... Um, personality models and it's just all part of getting to know the people working in your company and, and seeing what you can do to help them or or am I being a bit simple there? No I mean I haven't I'll be honest I hadn't thought about that I think that's a really interesting one to think about um, I, I'm just thinking about what you, the guys were just saying it's um, I think for some people it's actually a little bit uncomfortable to look at themselves and uh, I think about my husband who will not thank me for mentioning him by the way um, but he works in the corporate world always has and he 
he he actually cringes at the thought of of and I think it's just that thought of looking inward to yourself and having things potentially having things exposed, particularly people who are more introverted that don't want to to have that um exposed is how they feel about it um which kind of links some somewhat to what you're saying about the mental health side of things it's that not not wanting to have that fear of um of being exposed to other people and i think the other thing i was thinking as you were talking is that um there's also whether through some sort of unconscious bias there's quite often a view that there's a right way to be and that might be shaped by a particular leader in the team or your own upbringing or who knows and so you quite often will find people trying to be that color or that you know um that particular style because they feel that they have to fit in so i come back to how important it is to set the scene that that all all types of personalities are useful and right and have value but, but do people really believe that at heart can be a kind of objection that they perhaps they perhaps won't say out loud but yeah, um, i can give you a really good um real life example of how that affected um an executive team when when we did so when i when i first did insights discovery um i was um I had a high green preference, which is sometimes you sit back and you listen a little bit more. Um, so more introvert than extrovert. And I worked within a very strong executive team with a lot of uh, yellow and red preferences, which are more um, lively, let's say. And, um, and, and I found that once we'd done the training, once we'd had the training, the people with the yellow and the red preferences did actually allow the people with the green and the blue preferences, which are more introvert, to speak, which they'd never done before, because there was an, an element of, of understanding and respect for the fact that we all had different personalities. And actually, the people with the yellow, with the green and the blue preferences, who were more introvert, um, were um, improved, so I improved as well, um, my ability to um, be quicker when asking a question of the yellow or red um, preference people. Does that make sense? Mm. So I think so from a mental health perspective and an inclusion perspective it really helps to understand the value mm. because then everyone gets included because otherwise you've got your extroverts running the business you know thinking they're running the business and all the people that, that, that have the introvert tendencies might mm. have some fantastic ideas and can add a lot of value but don't get the chance to speak so I, I, so for me i get very passionate about that because i just think it's so important then to include everybody yeah I agree. There's been yeah. there's been so, so many businesses I've been part of where the most um, intelligent person in the room is the person that hasn't spoken, um, mm. and and quite often there's just you know whether you're into it. So I'm I'm very much a, a yellow red. So I'm in the meeting. I'm 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 sort of really feeling it. I'm getting the energy up for it, um, and it takes a lot of effort for me to sit back and kind of go, oh, so and so hasn't said anything. Let's try and bring them into the bring them into the meeting. Um, you know, there, there was a there was a chap at a, one of the last places I worked at. Previously, he was at Rolls Royce. He was an engineer, <clears throat> wasn't part of the energy industry, but he was so so super intelligent. He was coming at things from such a different perspective, but we didn't listen to him enough. We really needed to sort of you know get him out um, uh, and and to sort of get his ideas listened to a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And building on that as well, coming back to that, is it the is it another building block for the mental health? And I think with both, it's about the purpose behind. So if you're 
rolling out mental health first aiders, mental health first aid training. You're really thinking about what your team and your organization needs, and you're really open about the purpose and the strategy. It can be really successful. If it's done as a box ticking exercise, it has the opposite impact. And the same is absolutely true with personality profiling tools. If it's done with a really open communication strategy around it and it's useful and implemented in an ongoing way, it's gold for the organization box ticking and it's going to be counterproductive yeah couldn't agree more so just bringing bringing everything together now then um so sorry i'll start with you is there i'm i'm a leader i've listened to the podcast i'm still a little bit on the fence uh, as to whether to use this is there one thing you think that, that could apart from your exercise analogy is there anything else that you think that would make me want to do this so I think the way the way to look at it is that if you want to develop yourself, if you want to to you know develop your career, you need to understand more about yourself. You need to develop your own self awareness. Um, it's not enough to just keep getting promoted because you're in the right place at the right time. You have to develop your own skills um, and develop your own ability to see what strengths and weaknesses that you have. Because if you're going to be a great leader, you can have a lot of people working for you over the years and you need to be able to recognise not only um, their strengths and weaknesses, but your own so that you work better together. That's what I would say. I think it just makes a great leader. Um, Lara, anything you would add to that? No, I think that's really resonant. I was going to say, start with yourself. If you, because for me, it's about your own learning and development. And then when you see the value of it, you become hopefully they become an advocate of it, um, and they want to share that with other people, and they can see the benefit for their team. But the first person to start with is to start with yourself. Wonderful. And then finally, with you, Sarah. So I think it's probably building on the exercise analogy that Sonia brought earlier. As a leader, you wouldn't, or as a human, you wouldn't expect to run faster without some training. You wouldn't expect to um, be able to, um, to do anything without some practice and development and insight about how you can improve. Um, so the investment in that insight into yourself and how you work and your strengths and your your blind spots is is always going to be beneficial. Okay. Wonderful. Well, I'm 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 bought into this. You've um you you've convinced me anyway. Um so so that that's 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 us. That's that's the the end of this week's podcast. Time has flown again. Um I've been blown away by the the sort of experience and expertise that you've all, all shared with um with me and our, our listeners today I'm, I'm super pleased you've been able to give up your your very busy time so thank thank you all um really appreciate Thanks it for the no worries um and just great to see you know smiling faces nodding heads as you all all agree with each other so all three of you just to be clear all three of you have done different models and you're all coming from slightly different perspectives in that regard but you all agree on the way this should be deployed how it should be used and the best ways of of convincing people that that this is the this is a tool to to be embraced so that's the that's the key takeaway for me actually is doesn't really matter which model you go for as long as it's approached in it with the right positive uh the right positive intention so exactly. thank you all yeah sorry um so if you want to hear more from us you can subscribe to us on spotify and apple music and to stay up to date with all of our other content please follow us on linkedin 
And of course, if you want to find a mentor or would like to become a Future Leaders Mentor, then visit futureleadersmentoring.com and tap the Join Us button. So until next time, thank you for listening. And I hope you took lots and lots of inspiration from Sarah, Sarah, sorry, Lara and Sonia today. Thank you all.